When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. Good to be with you. Great to be with you, in fact. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for listening on the radio, 93.3 Real Talk. And on War Chant TV, you're watching, you're joining us in the chat, you're doing those things. Make sure you're also liking and subscribing. Appreciate you. What a great time of year, man. I'm very excited. I know we don't talk about it a lot on this show um, for a variety of reasons, but I'm really excited about the NBA playoffs because I think it's wide open. Uh, obviously, we're moving Ever closer to the NHL playoffs, Tom. I'm really excited about that. Of course, we've got Major League Baseball well underway. I'm nightly laying in bed watching a little baseball as I drift off to sleep, and I love that in the background, even if it's not my team, just hearing the sounds of baseball, baby. I was thankful to be able to avoid Matthew yesterday after blowing yeah. a 4 to nothing lead in the eighth inning. That'll hurt your feelings, yeah. a little 5-4 to four action. Bounced back with a 2 nothing win last night, but um, one could argue with two eighth-inning leads blown, Mets could be... Uh, you know, undefeated at this time, be, but that's could okay. Be, could be. Bullpen that's, does matter. It does matter. Makes a difference in games. <laughs> yes, it does. I don't know if anybody knows that. Yep. Little known fact about baseball. Pirates 6, Cubs 2 currently in the 5th inning. Get you some Chicago suck it. Uh, let's see if the Pirates can hold on to a 4-run lead here as we go through. Gave up two home runs to the same guy yesterday, and that was it, and we lost 2-1. to one. Wasted a great performance. Great performance. The fighting key Bryans are here. So, yeah, yeah, and he played well yesterday, and... Didn't have a hurt wrist for once in his life. It was nice to see. That was uh, that, That's good to go. Good to go. But anyhow, baseball back in full force to go with the NBA playoffs. My son last night stayed up way too late, late watching his Clippers lose. Woke up, first thing he told me was how devastated he was. They blew a four-point lead late. Very upset. They were leading the whole way, as I recall. Yes. At one point by ten. Coughed it up. I told him the bitter disappointment, son. Well, they're still they still have a chance, right? Yeah, yeah they, they do. They, they do. They play the nine ten. Yeah. winner. Yeah, yeah, like good luck, son. You weren't going anywhere anyhow. Especially since Kawhi Leonard's never going to play basketball again. Apparently, I ne- listen, man. I, I I can't fathom that. That just drives me nuts. How long are you going to be hurt? In perpetuity? 
It's just amazing what a different turn everything took when Zaza Pachulia mm. extends underneath his feet between Golden State and San Antonio. Because in a way, it's a reason for Toronto to be eternally grateful because he would never have gone there. Correct. But he probably doesn't turn into a load management type guy without that moment. Well, load management, my ass. That's I'm taking seasons off. Like on the, we're just gonna take seasons off. Take a load off. Cars. Yeah, You're taking a load off. Just gonna steal money over here. Just not gonna ever work again. Apparently, that's uh-huh. like <laughs> that's like Simmons. Uh, my man, bad back for two years. Come on, man. <laughs> I there's no. It would drive me nuts. I would have a hard time. I'm talking about as a teammate. I'm not talking about, you know, nothing you can do about it as a fan, your management, whatever. you got to figure some things out. As a teammate, trying to win championships and the, and the like, you know, actual competing. I don't like to tell somebody about their pain tolerance, but. Some, you, you would. Oh, at some point. At some point. When I see you stand up on the bench to cheer us hitting a big shot, you're not hurt, man. You're not hurt. Come on. You jumped up mighty quick there to celebrate that basket in your suit that you've been in for two years. Sounds like he's trying to get an insurance claim. It's nuts. It, it's just, I would not. I, I'd have a hard time. I would really struggle with that. That's not even trying to be tough. That's just like, you when you work out on a daily, well, year-round these days, these guys stay in shape year-round, of course, and you've committed yourself to something. I mean, at some point, you're all rich beyond your wildest dreams. I'm, this is anybody in any sport. This isn't like unique to the league. I'm saying that once you get to a place where where money's no object, now now it's about winning. It's about trying to win, my man. Let's get to the winning and the and the trying to win part of this deal here. Like we're all taken care of. Sounds like you're a Clippers fan now. No, it just bothers me when guys don't play for over a year. Like you better have a look. How quickly dudes come back from seemingly catastrophic injury. Like, you see it all over the place. Like, that guy's playing. Didn't he just lose an arm last week? He did, but they put a new one on. He's going to play. It's crazy. Kawhi, your thoughts on Tiger Woods' toughness <laughs> right? to play in the Masters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, drives me nuts. It does. Okay, so it is. Moving forward, we mentioned it, but good win last night for Florida State Baseball. Let's revisit that. That's a 5 to nothing, thorough butt-kicking. The crowd of over 5,000, nearly 6,000 people needed that. I think Florida State baseball needed that desperately. There's a lot of orange and blue in the stands, but a lot of faithful yeah, Florida State fans that were there. They were watching their ass get kicked is what they were doing. You had a couple of key situations, bases load a couple out. There's a hard hit ball, I believe it was to, to right field mm-hmm. liner, and uh, that was the biggest threat of the night. But you saw good defense. You saw counts being worked. And you they saw, pitched extremely well. They did. Scalaro was a starter. It's different. It's just, you know, if you string two or three hits together against Scalaro to start a game, feels very different than when you're holding on to a one-run lead and something like that happens. He pitched well last night. He did. I like Davis Hare a lot, too, and Crowell pitched well, so yeah. And the left side of the infield was magnificent. Picking it up, baby! That throw from carry-on is Picking absurd. It up. Yeah, well, he's shown that. Um, let's just see if it carries over. I mean, let's just see if it carries over. But, yes, you got you got a lot there. I mean, it's exciting to, to watch them play that way, and we feel like they're capable of that. Now, I don't know that I can trust it moving forward because they haven't shown evidence that that is something they can string together for multiple games, you know, in, in big moments. they got a big series starting Thursday against Louisville. We'll see. Um, the, the season's long, and I bring this up a lot. You're going to go through stretches where you just don't play well and you look completely lost. If you don't come out of them, 
we have to question what's going on. Uh, if you do, then it looks like the hiccup along the way was just that. We'll, we'll find out. We'll see if they get there. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, we did do the wrap on camp and, and where they're at, and now we all sit back and we hold our breath that Mims, the potential transfer portal um, tackle from Georgia, makes his way to Tallahassee. If, if that happens, it's potentially game-changing. We don't have guys that look like that on this offensive line. We don't have players that, you know, I talk about the clay you have to mold, right? What you have to work with and uh, what what you're capable of, what kind of heights you can reach based on the initial talent you're able to lure to your school. Well, we haven't lured guys that look like this uh, to Florida State in some time. And Alex Atkins is a really good coach. Uh, he has a relationship with uh, Mims. And uh, if you're able to bring him in, it changes the game. Um, you know, it's it's so fascinating. It really is a snapshot into recruiting and where Florida State's at compared to Georgia and also the modern landscape of recruiting, which requires money. Maybe it always did for guys of this stature. But now it's public. Now it's understood. Now Rising Spear enters the picture and says, come on down, we got to – we got a package involving money that's going to perhaps make you all the wealthier than you thought possible, and you'll get to start. Come on down. Let's see. I mean, obviously the conversation doesn't sound like that necessarily, but we know. Uh, we're not we're not hiding our head in the sand here. That's what it's going to come down to. Do you have something competitive uh, that is uh, you know aligned with what he's perhaps being offered from the likes of the University of Miami and others? Yeah, it just sounds like he's a player who would be apt to say yes to Tallahassee if you did the right thing otherwise. And as long as Mike Norvell has been indirectly, of course, right, because nobody has these conversations, it's not allowed. It's illegal in the state of Florida. As long as his program is able to, again, from an unaffiliated place, completely different, Rising Spear, make that offer, then okay, you should be in excellent position to close the deal here. But you got to. Your thoughts on Mike Norvell being excited about the future after wrapping spring practice yesterday? Um, you know, he's going to say what a coach is going to say after a spring Session. He's not going to tell you, boy, I'll tell you what, after this spring, it makes me realize we are hopeless. Everybody, there's nothing going on here that should excite you. We suck, huh? Everybody get a good look at that spring game? We got no shot. Whoo! Rest up. Your feelings are going to be hurt come fall. No, he's not going to say that. Yeah, a couple of the members of the media who are out there, and they could be affiliated with us or not, were just you know kind of talking about it as practice was going on, and it was, what do we really ask him? Because he kind of did his state of the program yes, thing did. on yes, Saturday. He yes, he did. The thing that he said that stuck out to me, because a lot of it was fluff. Of course. Was um, we got better at communicating this spring. I agree 100% with that. 100% true. That, that, is, that is really something that stands out. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, comparing practices from even the fall to now. They know how to communicate with each other. It's because they trust each other to be where they're supposed to be. That, that It's really apparent on defense. It's easier to do that thing pre-snap communication-wise on defense because each level has to be where you know, in, in in unison together. Whereas in the offense, the quarterback is setting the tone, and the center is calling protections, and that that's it. But you can see it; it's much more efficient. It still needs to get better, but it's much more efficient than it was. And that's why you know I go back to what we were talking about in the first hour with the summary of spring. There are areas of strength. There are areas of weakness. There are some intriguing, um, I don't know, positions to fill, guys to see if they can find in the transfer portal, etc. Others that need to step up in their offseason conditioning. All those things are true, but one thing is definitely also true that is very booing, and that is that, uh, man, I, I feel like 
they're in a real good place from leadership and communication standpoint on both sides of the ball. I really believe that. I, I think they're all one there. I, I don't think that, you know, Jordan Travis has never been that big a leader. He's never been a guy, and that's not a knock. Some guys just aren't. He hasn't always been in a position to be. But he seems to, right from day one in this camp, take that role willingly and uh, is excited to do so. He's confident, obviously. It's his job, and he's in a better position to lead that way. There are a couple guys on this offense that maybe that's true uh, of, but in particular, Jordan. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you have a lot of people that stepped up. Tatum Bethune comes in here from UCF and immediately changes the game, both in talent, uh, obviously shifts the possibilities uh, of the linebacking core, but the way he communicates. Jamie Robinson is another guy in the back end of the defense who communicates well, is a leader, is physical, and a real good football player. Uh, I think they've got a multitude of guys up front. Big Coop has kind of become a leader. I, I believe that Fabian Lovett's become a leader. That's evident when you're out there at practice, that there are guys that everybody kind of turns to to set the, set the tone. Uh, th- th- that is correct. And they're on board, I believe, with Coach Fuller. Right, that's part and parcel, I think. You know, it it would be apparent if they didn't like the instruction, and, and we, I don't know that we'd be able to say it, but, you know, it would be apparent if they didn't like the instruction by, through the way they play and through either confusion, because then you're not listening, you're going to try and freelance. Everybody, it, I mean, it was the second half of the Louisville game last year towards the end of the season. There were times where they were outgunned. Often, they were outgunned. They didn't have the right talent out there to compete with some of our opponents. But you kind of saw how... They played as a, a group of eleven, yeah. rather than a, you know two or three individuals doing good things, three or four not doing some good things, and it was always a mix of who was the two or three and who was the, the three or four on every play. It just you don't think about it anymore. It's almost like you know a, a good official or a good umpire is one you don't notice. When you don't notice that there are communication issues, that means right. it's running as it should, and and it's becoming less noticeable that you're going, oh man, that guy was out of his gap, or or he he's late, he doesn't know the play, he's waving towards the sideline. You just don't see that very much anymore. We saw a lot of it in the first half of last season, and it caused us to grow ever more concerned, and that has really subsided to a place now where I don't really ever anticipate seeing it. Yeah, one thing that you see a lot from the secondary is a guy yelling, maybe one corner to the slot corner or something, and they're jumping up and down because they're like, good. God, will you hear what I have to say? And you just go, oh, great. So if I'm the quarterback, I'm looking over there as soon as the ball is snapped. But you don't, again, it just it seems like everybody is calmer. Biggest, calmer than you are, dude. Biggest question as we get set in head to the fall will be the same exact question we had heading into the spring. Is the passing game going to take a big step forward? Don't know. Spring did not answer the question. Not for me, it didn't. Uh, I think they've got a couple of answers, but they have not shown me that I can trust in this passing game when they have to pass and the defense knows that it's likely. Don't know. Because it's not a death sentence to go to third and five, third and six. In this offense, it kind of was. If you have to throw the ball and they know you have to throw the ball. I don't know that we've solved that problem just yet. Maybe they do. I feel a little bit better, though, and, and I agree with you. It's just Jay Sean Corbin so many times in the last two seasons had to make up stuff in order to get you a yard and a half if you needed a yard and a half, where it's like, all right, here's where the play is designed to go. Great thing that he's got awesome vision and he can get small and dive forward and find a way yeah, to convert. Yeah, because the line wasn't providing that yard and a half for you. I think they've gotten better at that. I think that's better. That's where I'd say that the offensive line may be improved. At third and one, I don't feel hopeless if they call a run play, like a traditional one, not a trick one. 
Well, I think when it's going to be very interesting to see the makeup of this offensive line. I still don't know what it's going to be. I don't think we do just yet. So, you know Dylan Gibbons is a starter. You can set it and forget it, and he's your best offensive lineman in all likelihood unless you get the Mims kid. So, great. You know, good, good, good. You have something you believe in, but you don't know what you have at center right now. You don't know if that's Marie Smith, and he's undersized still. So if he starts, that's a problem on third and short. That's a problem with any kind of red zone offense, all that stuff, like it was last year. Uh, maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's Caden Lyles. All right, well, I haven't seen the athleticism or consistency from him yet. Now, in sheer girth, that's a big man. You'd like to believe it's going to work, but there are other things that we do with our linemen that require you have good feet. I don't know that that's there. The experiment to try to get more guys capable of playing tackle so that you can move guys around and play the other guard, I don't think that really came out the way that they were hoping this spring. So there are a lot of question marks still about who that group is going to be and what they're capable of. Yeah, I'm wondering with Lyles, is that a situation where maybe they're going to do some work to trim him up? I don't think it's necessarily bad weight. You want somebody to look like that as an offensive yes, lineman. Yes, you do. But if you're asking for him to be more agile, like for example, uh, Alex Atkins was asked today about could he play guard? And Atkins' response was, well, anybody in our top seven needs to have position versatility. Because things are going to happen. Yeah. So you've got to be able to play. And, you know, center to guard is not that difficult of a thing. But look at the way we pull our guards. That's what I'm saying. So we pull guards, and they have to be fleet of foot. They have to be athletic. It's actually one of the things we do well. So We do it with the centers, too. Yeah, and I'm not sure that I've seen that out of him just yet. So... That's why I bring yeah. up the questions that I do. You wonder if the summer training program might be something to try and improve that quickness just enough that maybe, you know, Gibbons pulls four out of five plays. But if you wanted to, yeah. here comes yeah. Lyles. Yeah, we'll see. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 
Check them out at terryspools.net. terryspools.net. Or give them a call, 850-580-7334, because you never know when you'll need them. How's your pool looking? It's ready. It doesn't get a whole lot of direct sun. No, it's cold. So, it stays um, cold. Your pool stays cold into June. Yeah, I'd say about over under two and a half, three weeks before we can start jumping in there in earnest. Ready to have some cocktails by the pool watching some baseball? Yes, sir. We're going to have some cocktails with the folks from Terry's Pool Service on Friday. <laughs> they're coming by to have some drinks? <laughs> yeah, well, they're the, sponsoring the tournament. I know, but I was going to say, at your pool... Hey guys, oh, no, come no, no, on no. in. Let's hang out by the pool. Do some drinking. I, I can't be in two places at once. We'll be on that golf course. I like my pool, but I prefer to be on the golf course on Friday. That's going to be a lot of fun. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I feel good. I feel good. I'm feeling better. Okay. Slowly getting through these what shows. What number are we that. shooting for here? Gross oh, score, because it's I, all I, netted out, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, we, you know everybody's going to have their handicaps submitted. But uh, what is our gross score? We uh, for? What do you think? What do you think? You have a feel? Um, I'd you, I'd be happy with sixty two or lower. Yeah. yeah, you've been playing very good golf lately. I haven't been playing a lot of golf. Um, first of all, being sick for a week didn't allow for me to play a lot of golf. So, and even prior to that, I had a bunch of things come up. So I don't know. It's been like three weeks. So who knows? Could be great, Tom. Could be terrible. I could be all over the lot. You never know. But you know what I do know? We'll be having a kick-ass time either way. This is correct. I don't have to. It's a scramble. If I tow a couple early on, who cares? Well, Matthew's got me on par five, eighteenth. Or uh, you're talking about Matthew Millar? Or uh, oh no, no, no. director Matthew. Yeah, Matthew director Millar, Matthew. his game went south two years ago. He hadn't hit a ball straight in forever. Well, then we'll have him aim to the street. He's out here hustling stuff. I don't <laughs> know. You know, I'm not. <laughs> well, if he gets in a groove with driver, then we're all set that we could just yeah. swing for the fences. Oh, we are anyhow. It's a scramble. That's right. <laughs> yeah. News we'll, flash to the group in front of us. We're coming for you. Yeah. Here it comes. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. I uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be a great time. I know that. And I know more importantly, thanks to our great sponsors who I've talked about some anyhow, uh, we um, will have an opportunity to raise a lot of money. So that's, that's good. And uh, Second Harvest is going to do well. It's a good week for Second Harvest, which is what this is all about. So uh, there's that. And, you know, I'm thinking lately – uh, you know, the the show being about the show right now. Uh, we need to have a couple more of these. I don't know about golf tournaments per se, because those are a yeah, lot no. of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> no, one's good a year. That's fine. <laughs> um, but, you know, bowling, we got to get, to, we got to do, I think we can do multiple bowl, bowling tournaments. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Bowling's not a problem. You're well, like, yeah, well, yeah, let's do that. Well, no, we'll put a board together. We'll have a board handle it. We're going to, I think we can expand the empire. Let's go. And have a board of community events, you know? Panama Jack writes, Rick Neuheisel has Mike Norvell on the hot seat this year, as reported this morning on his SiriusXM show. Uh, I know Rick Neuheisel. I could, and this is not a, a flex in any way, because who cares? Um, but I could, I, could, I could call Rick and get an answer uh, for that. Uh, I've worked with him on SiriusXM. Rick looks a lot like Bucko Bruce. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, just hold up the phone there. Good old Bucko Bruce. Uh, but I, I could call Rick or text him and say, what the hell, man? Uh, here's what Rick doesn't know. He should have called me. He knows he's got an inside source here in Tallahassee. Uh, Mike's not on the hot seat this year. Not at all. Now, if you were on the outside looking in, I get why you'd say that. Florida State, historically, uh, has a very high standard. They did fire a coach for less time than Mike Norvell for not performing, right? So from the outside looking in, you'd say you marry those two elements and you'd go, mm, better perform or... He may be out. 
But no, circumstance and them not wanting to start over plus finances dictate no chance he's on the hot seat. But I'll repeat what I've said before, and people emailed me and this got tweeted about and people thought, you know, maybe that I was insinuating that he was in trouble. What I said was that this year was vital, not because Mike is in danger of being fired right now, but because he would be a dead man walking if, in fact, he has a poor season this year. And I believe that is 100% accurate, and I stand by that. He wouldn't be fired after this year if they went 6-6, six and six, but he might as well be because you are not going to be able to recruit the difference makers at a high school consistently if you have a 500 or worse season in year three. You're not. The window to cash in on the new car smell has already come and gone. Now you have to prove it on the field. It doesn't matter that you were handed a terrible set of circumstances, and it doesn't matter that you've been really unlucky. At some point, if you're going to win the services of five-star caliber players, recruits, to come to your school and change your fortunes, you're going to have to win games. And 7-5 and five or 6-6 six and six ain't wooing them on the heels of a 5-7 and seven season and the previous year, a COVID year. You're going to have to be downright proven to be turning this thing in the right direction. And 8-4 and four does that. Anything sub that, I don't think does it. Of course, how you lose and how you win matters. Circumstances matter. You win and lose for reasons, and those reasons invoke emotions. But if you're a high school kid, you're a five-star player, and you're deciding where to go to school, and Florida State hasn't really mattered in the entirety of your high school career, Let's be honest, if you're going into your senior season right now in high school, Florida State has sucked your freshman, sophomore, and junior seasons in high school. Since you've been a teenager, really. Yeah, okay. they've been All right. much merit. So what's going to change for me and what's going to make me consider Florida State University if I don't have a background in Florida State love, if I don't have a parent that went there, if I'm not from a place whose coaches are connected to the school, right? If I'm a guy basing my decision because I'm an elite player and I can go wherever I want to go, and Clemson has called me out of the ACC, and George has called me out of the SEC, and whatever, Oklahoma's still not in the SEC, they've called me, and USC now on the West Coast has called me, and Ohio State's called me. Why am I now considering Florida State? Well, the only thing that would help me consider Florida State is a couple of real high-profile wins, an energetic and, and convincing coaching staff, and a winning record, something that shows me they're moving positively in the right direction. They won eight, nine games this year, and you know what? They knocked off uh, Miami for the second consecutive year. Early in the season, they knocked off LSU, and the games they lost were really close. You can clearly see they're on an upwardly mobile trajectory. Maybe I will consider them. They seem to have something going on there. I'll give them a visit. I'll talk to them. I'll consider them for real, about a possible destination for me. Six and six doing that? On the heels of five and seven? No, it's not. It's not. Seven and five doing that? I doubt it. I doubt it. I think you got to start looking at eight, nine wins. Again, that doesn't mean if he doesn't win eight or nine games, he's getting fired this year. Of course it doesn't. It does mean that he might as well be, because in my mind, he's a dead man walking. That means you're just biding time and playing out the string the following year. Unless the bags are so robust that it overcomes. But they that... won't be because we're Florida State and we don't have right now Alabama, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Southern Cal, money. We don't have it. Hey, no refunds. 
We're not giving any refunds at, at our uh, institutions and our rising. If you donated, that's it. We've got it. That money's <laughs> ours now. Well, right. It, we, we're going to need it one way or the other. Yeah. Well, this is, yes, not to have the exact same discussion we had before, but my whole thing is <laughs> what does it matter to just keep cycling coaches in and out and how expensive that is versus taking that money and well, siphoning it into a fund I, for I, players? I understand what you're saying. I Again, do not mistake what I'm saying with my personal thoughts on what Florida State should or should not do with Mike Norvell if he goes 6-6, six 7-5, and 8-4, six, and 4-8, and four, four and eight, whatever it is, okay? That's a more nuanced discussion. There are a lot of factors we would consider if you're asking what I would do. I'm telling you that if there aren't appreciable differences in the product this year that sees them change the record from 5-7 and seven to, say, 8-4 and four or 9-3, and three, I don't think they're going to successfully woo the number of 4- and 5-star recruits you need to change your fortunes over the next two or three years. Yeah, I've got, okay, so a couple of notes. Number one, evaluation-wise, even with an incomplete pitch that they can make. Is that fair to say? They can't make the right pitch. The way they want to pitch it to kids, they can't do that Right. Yet. Even with that, evaluation-wise, they've brought in a good class, a very good one this time around. And not yeah, all those kids are... whiffed on some guys that, and that stands sure, out. Right, but what I'm saying is they're good evaluators, clearly. The so. kids that come in are going to help. You yeah. don't see anybody here, you go, why, dude? What, what, what is this kid here for? Is this numbers? You're just throwing numbers at the problem? Right, no, no, no. And it's, then they go five and seven, and they still, wherever you look at where it settled down, you know, top 15 or top 20 class, you're able to do that with no evidence to speak of, and you're five and seven. Yeah, you won't be able to keep doing that. But I think at seven and five, you might still be able to do that again. Now, it doesn't give you the slam dunk class you're looking for, but it gives you a class that you've got a fighting chance that this roster could be flipped into a place where the floor continues to raise. I'm not saying I want to live in that reality. I'm just saying if you did, you might be able to skate past it at seven and five. I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think so. I think, I think you're pretty well screwed. Um, but I also think they're going to be pretty good. I, I don't think they're going to be a great team, but I think they're going to be pretty good. I think you've got a real good chance to win eight games. Real good chance. So, you know, this isn't like doom and gloom predicting. I'm responding to a question here about New Heisel saying Mike's on the hot seat. That's how it came up. I didn't just willy-nilly decide this. Uh, Panama Jack brought it up. Um, Blame so, him. Yeah. But so the point would be that, uh, yeah, he's not going to get fired this year. I mean, I I could make an argument, frankly, that he could go 3-9 and nine and he wouldn't get fired. Man. If this ain't doom and gloom, it really feels like it's a lot of doom and gloom. No, no, no. Hold on to answer the part about hot seat. By definition, if you're on the hot seat and you have a bad season, the conclusion is that, according to the people that think you're on the hot seat, that you'll be fired. I don't think so. I hear you. I'm just saying entertaining these hypotheticals feels very gloomy. Oh, that's sports talk radio. We do we entertain hypotheticals all damn day. We project what a guy's career means or what a what a season is going to look like for the Bucks or the Dolphins or whomever. I mean, this is exactly what we do. And that doesn't mean it's negative. I, I, for one, think that the program is making strides, that this is an arduous process and it's part of a major rebuild that nobody wants to accept, and I'm patient as hell about this. I don't like it. It's not fun, but it is all part of the growth and that we're having to deal with it. There have been missteps along the way. There have been you know, moments where they succeeded wildly as well. It, but if you're asking me whether or not a mediocre season – if you're asking me what does a mediocre season mean, then I'm giving you an answer. It means you're probably long-term kind of screwed uh, because I don't 
think you're going to be able to rebound from that. I think he needs to have a good year. I think he knows that. I don't. I don't think that Mike's in the dark here. I don't think he thinks like he can just, you know, middle about. I think that he knows they got to uh, take a step forward. I don't think he's aiming to. He's not the type that strikes me that he's happy to be collecting well, a check. Well, and it's important, right? Uh, I think he's passionate. If I had questions about that, I'd be downright calling for his firing. So what I'm saying is, my man cares deeply about winning. He cares about winning the right way. He so far uh, got it in. By and large done the right thing in order to start making those strides that we're talking about. I believe all that's true. I I like Mike Norvell as a coach. I mean, I, I really do. I think he's a good football coach. So I want him to get it right because as a no, I don't damn I don't want to start over. I I you know, I don't want to start over. So, and it wouldn't, I mean, if we were forced to, I don't care if they brought in Nick Saban. That would suck to have to start up. Well, that would be pretty cool. Again, with the gloom, you know. (laughs) We're not going to start over here. We're climbing. We're climbing. We're not climbing down. You can climb either way, but we're climbing up. Rung, one rung at a time. Oh, you're going to create a meme. You're going to provide ammunition if they, like, if they have another moment where they fall on their face against a team that they're heavily favored against, there's going to be a guy climbing down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like I'll do an old 8-bit video game, you know? It looks like if you're playing Donkey Kong. Do you remember? So on the air, I did this one time, and, uh, you know, it was incredibly selfish because I was appeal- I was using this uh, bully pulpit, as they call it, uh, to try to get a question answered. Um, that It was just lazy, but I'm going to do it again. So your basketball hoop is uh, in trouble again? No, my hoop's oh, awesome. Oh, it's not my that hoop's question. Ass. No, okay. it's doing great. I, uh, there was a video game, I think it was in the 80s for sure. I loved it. And I've never been able to find it. You had to climb up like a tower, a huge, um, like a skyscraper. And old women and stuff would open up their window and they'd see you crawling up and they'd throw flower pots at you and stuff and you'd have to shuffle over. Like you were barely holding on to these windows trying to get to the top. Birds would poop on you. There were people. It was. Were you a person or were you like yeah, a monster? No, you were a person. It was awesome. I love that game. Sounds like Paperboy, but you're climbing up a skyscraper instead. Oh, but it was the best. I loved it. And you had, I think, you, I think you had two joysticks, and you'd shuffle over and show. It was in the arcade, the actual arcade. They never made it for the home console. It always pissed me off. I wanted it, and you like, you'd shuffle over. You'd wait your turn, kind of map out where you're going to go next, almost like rock climbing. And then you'd stop, and then you'd see the old lady start to open up her window because she was fearful some dude was climbing up her uh, tower there, and she'd throw pots at you. It was a great game. Surely somebody else remembers this game. I don't know why I'm talking about that, but I, I it's a little bit like this program sky, climbing. Sky, it's a little, maybe it was climb, something climb, climber? Maybe it was called climber? Crazy climber! Good job, Michael! Crazy climber. It, uh, that sounds right. Well, let's make a graphic of Mike as the crazy climber. Crazy climber. Yeah. Don't let the old lady throw the flower pot off your face, Mike. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at fsuhomeloans.com. And a big thank you goes out to Jeff Cameron Show, War Chant, 
Golf Tournament sponsor, Walk-Ons Sports Bistro. Walk-Ons wants you to know there's really no better way to describe the uniqueness of Walk-On Sports Bistro. They start every dish from scratch. You use fresh ingredients to bring their mouth-watering Cajun cuisine to life. And whether you're there for dinner with the family, perhaps date night, cocktails, or to watch a game on the big screen, they're always happy to share their Louisiana culture with you. Visit your Tallahassee Walk-Ons on Capitol Circle Northeast today. Thank you, Walk-Ons. Appreciate you being a sponsor for the golf tournament. Yeah, they're doing a long drive. Terry's Pools is doing the closest to the pin. We got some good prizes for that too, which is good. Yeah, uh, what hole are we using for the long drive? Long drive is seven. The uh, par five down the hill. And walk-ons will have like um, big hula hoops out there, giant ones. And if your ball rolls into it, you'll get a gift card. That's pretty cool. So it's not just about the long drive prize. There's some other ones too. By the way. I was just laughing with in the era we live in, players moving all around. JT Daniels is transferring to play at West Virginia. <laughs> My man, we gonna go to a team every year, every year. So, Southern Cal, Georgia, West Virginia, perhaps next year, Temple. Slide down to you find a level to where where it works out for you. Uh, that happened before this whole uh, era got underway. I remember Gunnar Keel was one of those guys. You don't remember him, but he was highly touted, and he was just bouncing around left and right all over the place. Who's the slappy that Miami brought in from Ohio State that everybody thought he, they were all excited about? Oh, yeah. Sucked. Still sucks. Hasn't done anything ever. Uh, he's already left, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a bum. <laughs> well, they didn't know they had the answer right there. You needed an injury. You know, one of the things that you find out, and, and it's, it was true, I bring this up every time it happens, Sometimes guys in practice do not look the part. And maybe they have all the physical tools in the world. But there are countless examples of coaching staffs, guys that have been around the game forever in a day, that misevaluate their own roster. You can make an argument to some extent. Now, it worked out well, and they won the national championship, so it's hard to criticize. But I don't think Georgia would have let Jermaine Johnson go to Florida State if they thought he was that. Tate Martell, by the way. Yeah. Thank you, Gator Kirk. Sorry, ass Tate Martell. So, you know, and by the way, Tate, in addition to sucking, it warmed your heart that he did. I normally not rooting against kids, but there might not have been a bigger prima donna. Thank you. That's right. Take another picture next to a car, dumbass. Anyhow, so yeah, all that stuff. Uh, but so for me. You do realize that it's imperfect, right? Because there are coaches who've been around the game forever who have evaluated players, had a lot of success, etc., who mismanage or misevaluate their own roster. It's just that hard. Some guys don't show up in practice. And I'm always, you know, I mean, again, that is true of a guy who's actually a very good evaluator. It was true of Jimbo Fisher. I mean,. We bring it up every time about Dalvin Cook, and it, yeah. it seems fitting today, by the way, where you saw the rankings work done, a sizable uh, slot ahead of uh, Dalvin Cook, top 100 running backs voted on. Yeah, I don't yeah. agree with that. Well, you don't? You don't say. Uh, Dalvin was better than work done. He was. And so, if you have somebody who was here when he was playing and in the stands and an adult, and you have somebody who might be more biased uh, towards you know recency, if they're both saying the same thing, then Dalvin is the winner. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to 
to be here as Warwick Dunn's career played out. And uh, I've obviously been covering the team as you were in school and we watched Alvin Cook and we covered him. And yeah, I mean, it's he, Dalvin's a special kind of player. Uh, now, if you're, if you're voting on the guy I want to, uh, uh, to, to hold on high as a face of the program, uh, Warwick Dunn is really high on that list. Incredible human being who's done amazing things both on and off the field. No doubt. Starting a game, we're going to go with Dalvin. <laughs> he, was, he was special. Yeah, and he could be house call first play. In fact, he was. Yeah. Some of those runs you go back and watch. Whenever you get caught flipping around and one of our games are on when he's when you know in his era, you just the the suddenness of that guy. Like you're like, okay, well outside zone. Oh, he's gone. Oh my, that's that. <laughs> that's the way it looked. The speed option from Ever Golson. What a play. Oh. Ever Golson in Florida State Pew! in Florida State lore. Pew! Like just shot out of a cannon. The silliness. But you're right. You know, it's it's the buildup. It's the suddenness because the, you know, it's a drop step off the snaps. You're like, oh, they're going to run a little speed option there. And it looks outside. Oh, 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 yeah. oh yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a good start. We'll take that. Yeah, it was. Uh, he might have had another 200 yards if he didn't have to pull up with his hammy twice. Yeah, he, the, it was just this, the silliest thing. Also, one of the more underrated runs is the run uh, to to put the game away against Miami down in the Orange Bowl uh, or not the Orange Bowl. God, I'm showing my age. Uh, Hard Rock, yeah, 2014. Yeah, I was at that game, and uh, the that run. What's interesting about that run is like it's so effortless, but yet there are still angles, and it doesn't look like he should get in. And you're like, oh, he he's a score. Oh, suck it, it's over. You guys just lost. Man, that's that. Yeah, and noted uh, Kane enthusiast Chris Fowler was. It just devastated. devastated. Florida State has tied it. Uh, taking the lead. Taking the lead. Yes, yes, Chris. Yes. Yes. Freudian slip. You hoped it Again. was tied, sir. Again. Yeah. That's you right. Hoped. Yeah. Dalvin was yeah. deflected there. Caught by Carlos Williams. Oh. Whoa. For a touchdown. Blocked. <laughs> the extra point. <laughs> that is still the best. He's like. That was a good one. It frightened him. Like, his worst nightmare had become realized. Like, nobody was paying attention. Not even Miami fans were paying attention to that extra point. It was just assumed because right. he was one of the great kickers of all time. And yeah. Who's going to block an extra point? But somewhere deep down, Fowler knew it was a possibility, given the curse and the streak. And he did not want that to be the case. And so it's like, and blocked! Oh, he wanted to go, damn it, are you kidding me? Oh, that was an unexpected gut punch. <laughs> he was, he had not, He. I don't think he embraced for that. I think uh, he... It was out of the corner of his eye. He's like so ready to send it to break. I think he was trying to alert Kirk Herbstreit. He was looking at his notes. Yeah. Blocked! Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> That's what he wanted to say. <laughs> that was one of the great calls, too, from Jimbo oh, on that next my. series. Remember the third down scramble oh, call to end it? Such a good oh. call. Oh, get yourself. Jimbo's like skipping out of the 50. We got no business winning this one. Another one. Add it to the list. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> oh, this guy that was sitting next to me in 14, the guy that was sitting behind me, he and his buddy were arguing about who was to blame for the collapse. And they were about to throw blows. 
It was so good. The anger they had in the moment while Matt and I drank a beer and cracked up laughing. So that game was so bad. Like, it just entertainment value-wise, it was awful. But it had a lot of important moments in it. For a nondescript, I mean, I get rivalry games by definition are not truly nondescript. But in the lore of FSU Miami, what are we talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. You've got the blow to the head early on of Francois. I believe we had to have a, a, a backup in the game at that point. And then Matthew Thomas with the retribution getting thrown out of the game, Locked rightly so, tooth out. for doing what he needed to do. Like a man. Standing tall. I was proud of him. That's the only time I was proud of him. That was a hell of a play. I remember loving it because I was like, oh, man. That was, in- that was definitely intentional, and I couldn't be more proud of you, young man. Knock the damn teeth out. You respond. Yes. That's that's Norvell. Respond. That's what he would have said. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Those Fowler calls are great. He's so crushed. (laughs) That's his adopted team because he's a Colorado grad. Right. But it makes me laugh so much. He's so crushed. And the blending of those two games because Uh, there was so much crushing in 14 and 16. When, it, when Jalen Ramsey gets the pick, and he's like, and it's intercepted by Jalen Ramsey. And who the, else? The, and who else? He said, and who else? And who Which, else? I mean, come on. And the Knowles are going to escape again. Yeah, yeah. That's also the Jalen Ramsey in your face yeah. game. Yeah, well, they're wearing their smoke uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> Good times. Let's cue it up for probable. We're going here? All right. Yeah, we're going to do it here. And then we got uh, like two minutes-ish, so that's peek fine. behind the curtain time, everybody. Let's, that's fine. I got it. Oh, still See, playing the strokes. Uh, I was wanting to go to ready. break. I had to play the strokes, to... buddy. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. That wasn't long enough to get ding. Folks are noticing that it's a loosey goosey Wednesday. Re- remember, everybody, that uh, Friday is the golf tournament. So tomorrow is like Friday for us, and we're just starting the weekend. Well, yesterday felt like the last day of school too at practice. The end of spring. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Probable is brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. This time, two days from now, we'll be at the CP at the banquet, enjoying the spoils of shooting 62. Let's hope. Man. I can still I can still tell I'm on the heels of uh, of getting right here uh, because getting through two hours is uh, tough on the on the voice. Yeah, you need to stay on that side of the glass. I'm not. I'm ready not to... sick. I'm not sick. I just eh. I'm not sick. I'm fine. Oh, thank you. It's just a residual. Come give me a hug. Nats Braves Josiah Gray Max Freed Guardians Reds Tristan McKenzie Nick Ladolo. Cubs, Buckos, where to go, Zach Thompson? Good start today. Kyle Hendricks, get you some. Mets, Phillies, Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola. What's that score? Two to one, two to one, one to nothing. Oh, I've been. I forgot it was a one o'clock. Mets lead three to one over the Phillies <laughs> in the fifth <laughs> inning. Three to one. Buckos lead the Cubs six to two in the bottom of the seventh. Runners in first and second. Let's go, Buckos. Nats lead the Braves in the eighth. I'm going to have to fly through this. Uh, Padres, Giants, Sean Manaya, Logan Webb, Fromber Valdez goes for the Astros, D-backs, Merrill Kelly. Skipping a few. Robbie Ray for the Mariners. Yeah. Dallas Keigel goes for the White Sox. KC Cardinals tonight. Zach Greinke, Adam Wainwright, Blue Jays, Yanks, Jose Barrios, Garrett Cole. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump.
Peace, everybody. We love you. Talk to you tomorrow.